48K News. It's one o'clock, I'm Aaron Tam. The headlines, the jumbo floating restaurant's final course ends with a capsize in the South China Sea. The $30 billion Kai Tak Sports Park is hit by the pandemic with the opening of the main venue's delay to 2024. And as a mass testing exercise in Macau comes to an end, an analyst says there are mixed views on the SAR's response to its COVID scare. The Jumbo Floating Restaurant has capsized in the South China Sea, south of Hainan Island. It's not clear if the long-serving Hong Kong tourist attraction has sunk, but it's said to be in very deep waters. More from Mike Weeks. Just four days after being towed away from Aberdeen Harbour on the south side of Hong Kong Island, the Jumbo is said to have encountered stormy seas near the disputed Sisha Islands on Saturday afternoon, causing it to partially sink. Despite the efforts of the towing company responsible for the trip, its parent company said it capsized a day later. Aberdeen Restaurant Enterprises said in a statement last night that it expects salvage work to be extremely difficult, since the water depth in the area exceeds 1,000 metres. It said it's saddened by the accident, adding that it's now getting further details from the towing company, although no crew members were injured. Southern District Councillor Jonathan Leung called on the government to preserve the memory of the floating restaurant. He pointed out that Jumbo had a long history and had been one of two main tourist draws for the area. He says the loss of the vessel is a huge disappointment and a blow to government plans to attract people to the district. Basically losing an iconic figure forever. As a councillor in Southern District, there's two things we used to mention when people talk about the Southern District. It's the ocean part and the jumble. Half of them is already gone. And I seriously doubt that the government, if they want to encourage the water tourism, what do they do without the jumble? The marine tourism they mentioned in the plan like two, one and a half years ago in the invigorating island south, I don't know what do they do, but they have to enhance something like the marine tourism. The Commissioner for Sports, Young Tak Kung, has confirmed that two of the three main venues at the long-awaited Kai Tak Sports Park won't open on time next year. Timmy Sung has the details. Mr. Yeun blamed the COVID pandemic for the delays, adding that suppliers have had difficulty in shipping construction material, such as due to the SAR. The delays will affect the 50,000 capacity main stadium and the park's indoor sports center. Neither venue will be available until mid-2024. The smaller public sports ground, which will have room for 5,000 spectators, is expected to open on time next year. Mr. Yuan said he expected the work to be completed within his $30 billion budget, and he said the contractor would not be penalized given that no one could possibly have foreseen the COVID pandemic. Work began on the sports park in 2019 after years of planning. It is expected to help the SCR attract more major international events. Authorities in Macau have warned that anyone who hasn't yet undergone a COVID test will see their health code turn yellow and will be taken by the police for testing. That's after a three-day citywide testing exercise ended an hour ago. Almost 600,000 people had been tested as of last night, with 11 coming back preliminary positive. Speaking to RTHK, a former Macau legislator said there were mixed feelings over the efforts to curb the outbreak. Agnes Lan an associate professor at the University of Macau says the government responded quickly and systematically and has pledged to help businesses cope.
when the government announced that there are more cases and we need to do the test and show everyone's responses that, okay, we can't really afford that anymore. And so then people were unhappy. So that's also the reason, I guess, that the government announced another 10 billion of public business supporting scheme yesterday and saying that they are going to help the business to go through all this. The Society for Community Organization has called on the government to make more elderly people eligible for the monthly old age living allowance. The group's deputy director, Si Lai Shan, was commenting after the government announced changes from September, which will mean everyone aged 65 and over who meets income and asset limits can get $3,915 a month. Officials say 50,000 people who previously received a lower handout will benefit. Ms. C praised the policy change but told RTHK that the income limits for families should be higher. I mean the income, if they can increase for them if they have three members or four members because now they have a limit for those. They only count for single people, elderly or their couples. But they did not pay attention to some of the elderly they actually they have with families. Their children still young, they don't have income. So they cannot afford a whole family expenditure and then they cannot qualify to apply for the OHRI. The government's counterterrorism unit is stepping up a publicity campaign and shops that sell chemicals to try to make it harder for a terrorist to buy raw materials to make bombs. Officers from the Interdepartmental Counterterrorism Unit say authorities have uncovered almost 20 cases involving explosives or precursor chemicals since the social unrest of 2019. Those who sign up pledge to report anything suspicious, such as people buying an unusual amount of chemicals and paying in cash. Peter Leung is a senior police superintendent. I think one of the channels is through the hardware stores or chemical outlets in Hong Kong. The pattern is the same as the overseas terrorist incident experience. That means uh, overseas terrorists also aim to acquire such kind of precursor chemicals from street level outlets. So that's why I think it's a one of the vulnerability in Hong Kong. The LegCo president, Andrew Leung, has decided to cancel the full council meeting next week ahead of the government's planned celebrations on July the 1st. The LegCo secretariat has informed lawmakers of the decision, make, saying it is to reduce the risk of COVID-19 infection among legislators and to safeguard the smooth running of the, smooth running of the celebrations. Next Wednesday's meeting will be postponed by a week. Overseas, Israel's Prime Minister Naftali Bennett is to step down from his post and dissolve Parliament, triggering a fresh election. The current Foreign Minister, Yair Lapid, will temporarily take over. The Prime Minister told the nation why in a televised address. On Friday, I held a series of talks with legal and security officials, and I realized that in 10 days, with the expiration of the West Bank regulations, Israel will experience serious security damages and legal chaos. I couldn't allow that. A date for the SNAP parliamentary election was not announced, but Israeli media reported it was likely to take place in October. The biggest strike on Britain's railways for more than 30 years is underway, with most of the network expected to be brought to a standstill. The walkouts over pay, pensions and conditions. Last-minute talks to resolve the issues failed. Mick Lynch, the Secretary-General of the National Union of Rail, Maritime and Transport Workers, said the union had considered last-minute offers from employers. 
Uh, both sets of proposals are unacceptable and it is now confirmed that the strike action that is planned for this week will go ahead uh, on London Underground and on Network Rail and with the train operating companies. Britain's Transport Minister Grant Shapp said only about 20% of services would be able to operate. The Russian journalist and Nobel Peace laureate Dmitry Muratov has auctioned his Nobel Medal for just over 103 million U.S. dollars. He said all the money would go towards helping children displaced by the war in Ukraine. Mr. Muratov won the Nobel Peace Prize last year for his decades of work exposing corruption, electoral fraud and unlawful arrests in Russia. Joshua Benesh of Auctioneer Heritage said he was stunned and awestruck by the sum raised. We knew that there were a lot of interested parties. We knew that there was a tremendous groundswell of interest in the last couple days. People who were moved by Dimitri's story, by Dimitri's act of generosity, that the global audience was listening tonight, and I didn't know how well they were listening. And that, that number, I mean, that's off the charts. That's a record for a Nobel Prize many times over. The EU foreign policy chief says Russia is using food as a weapon as EU foreign ministers discuss how to tackle the blockade of food in Ukrainian ports. Josep Borrell repeatedly stressed to the meeting in Luxembourg that Western sanctions on Russia and Belarus had not caused the global food crisis. Russia is blockading Ukrainian exports. Russia, not us. Russia is destroying ports and destroying food stocks, destroying transport infrastructure. Russia, not us. And that has sparked the global food crisis. Currencies. The U.S. dollar is trading at 134.99 yen. The euro stands at one U.S. dollar and five cents. The pound will get you nine Hong Kong dollars and 63 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 21,496, 321 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $61 billion. To sport, and in ice hockey, two-time defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning have bounced back after losing the first two games on the road in the Stanley Cup final series. Steven Stamkos, Pat Maroon and Andrej Palat each had a goal and an assist, and the Lightning scored four times in the second period to beat the Colorado Avalanche 6-2 in Game 3 of the series. Here's the moment when Stamkos made it 4-2 after firing off a wrist shot in front of the net. Kucherov heads down low, but deflected out of the air. Turned into the corner by Kemper. Now centered. Stamkos scores! He was all alone right in front of the net. Game four will be at Amelie Arena, where the Lightning have won a franchise record eight consecutive playoff games. The Manchester United football legend Ryan Giggs has officially resigned as Wales manager. More from the BBC's Paul Serras. The former Manchester United winger Ryan Giggs has announced his resignation as the manager of Wales. Giggs stepped away from the role in November 2020 after being arrested. He was later charged with using controlling behaviour and assaulting his ex-girlfriend, charges he has denied. Robert Page took over as interim Wales boss, leading them to the first World Cup final since 1958. 
More governing bodies appear likely to follow the lead of swimming's FINA and further restrict transgender athletes' participation in women's competitions. 71% of FINA members backed the new regulation at a meeting during the ongoing World Aquatics Championships in Budapest on Sunday. It means any transgender athlete who's gone through any part of the process of male puberty won't be able to compete in top-level women's swimming events. The president of World Athletics, Sebastian Coe, says his organization could adopt a similar policy. Performance is absolutely, you know, it's inextricably linked to the integrity of our sport. So maintaining the primacy and the integrity of female competition is absolutely vital. And that's why, you know, we were at the forefront uh, of tabling uh, those regulations that allow you know, as close as you can get to it, uh, a level playing field. Four-time world swimming champion Karen Pickering agrees with Coe, but there are two issues in conflict that cannot be resolved. From FINA's point of view, this is protecting the female category to make sure that the competition is fair. And and I understand that, and, and I really empathise that, you know, there will be people who now can't compete in the category that they um, identify with as their gender. And that's, you know, that is very sad and I do understand that. But in this situation, inclusivity and fairness cannot be compatible. Meanwhile, the action has continued on day three of the FINA World Championships. Olympian Steve Perry was watching for the BBC. It was definitely Italy's night. First, Thomas Cocon broke the world record in the men's 100 metres backstroke by a quarter of a second in a sensational swim. And not to be outdone in the women's 100 metres breaststroke, Benedita Pilato, after being disqualified at last year's Olympic Games, had a great swim to win the world championships in the 100 breast in 65 seconds. Katie Ledecky was back in the water on the 1500 metres freestyle at 25 years of age. She won her 17th gold medal at the World Championships and the winner of the 200 metres freestyle was Popovici who got Romania's first ever medal. What a night of swimming it was. Five days left to go. Finally, villagers in Cambodia have caught what is thought to be the heaviest freshwater fish ever recorded. It took about a dozen men to haul the 300-kilo stingray out of the Mekong River. It was fitted with an electronic tag before being released back into the water. The fish fish biologist Zeb Hogan, whose team found the fish, said it was an important discovery. It's very exciting news uh, because it was the world's largest fish. It's also very exciting news because it means that this stretch of the Mekong is still healthy. We hear a lot of stories about all the problems with the Mekong River, but this this is actually a sign of hope that these huge fish still live in the Mekong. And now the weather, it's now 30 degrees with the humidity at 76%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The Jumbo Floating Restaurant's final course ends with a capsize in the South China Sea. The $30 billion Kai-Tak Sports Park is hit by the pandemic with the opening of the main venues delayed to 2024. And as a mass testing exercise in Macau comes to an end, an analyst says there are mixed views on the SAR's response to its COVID scare. The news from RTHK. Before doing a COVID-19 rapid antigen test, read the user guide carefully and follow each step as instructed. First, prepare a clean surface and wash your hands. For a nasal swab, insert the swab into your nostrils and rub it against the walls of each nostril several times as instructed. Submerge the swab tip fully into the buffer solution and stir. Squeeze droplets of the solution slowly into the well of the test device afterwards. 
wait for the time specified in the user guide and read the result. Results taken beyond the time limit will be invalid. When finished, dispose of all parts of the test kit properly. If only the C-line is present, the test result is negative. If both the C-line and the T-line are present, the test result is positive. In which case, you have to take a photo of the result and report it within 24 hours via the declaration system of the Department of Health. Do the test often by yourself. It helps you detect any infection and receive treatment as soon as possible to protect yourself and others around you. Do the test. Protect yourself and others. to the one two three show it's tuesday which means we have food and drink on the menu 
A bit of a treat for you today. I have two soundbite guests. Guests after 1.30, Danny Cheng, an avid 123 show listener, foodie, cook and art lover, joins me to share his special food memories on Soundbite. And after 2pm, Andrew Jambina joins me, but this time he's not here in his usual role as a food and drinks reporter. He's going to take that hat off. Instead, I've invited him to be my guest on Soundbite. He's always talking about food and I thought about it's about time we share